The Michael Yo Show. Celebrities. Can I be honest? I don't like male strippers. Pop culture. And comedy. That's what I'm trying to do is streamline this whole thing into a cult. Plus, 10 things you should know with Yo. The Michael Yo Show starts now. 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 Hey, buddy. What's up? It's Michael Yo. I am here. <laughs> One of my good friends, my wife loves you, first of all. And she was like, as soon as I got this podcast, she was like, you have to have Craig on the podcast. Well, she loves you because you know all about Trader Joe's. You used to work at Trader Joe's. but Only she, for 11 years. No need to bring that up. I'm just that, kidding. 11 years. That's sad. I know. That is pretty sad. sad if you think about it. Trader yeah. Joe's, 11 years. 11 years. They took the best years of my life. <laughs> so you started working at Trader Joe's how old? Oh, shit. I don't even remember. Like, 24? 24. Yeah. So you worked at Trader Joe's from 24 to 35 years old. Yeah. Maybe 23. Yeah, 23 to 34. Same And shit. I'm not dogging on anybody from Trader Joe's. I'm just saying, is, is that something where you were content with it? You were fine. No, I hated it the whole time. Really? Yeah. But why didn't you get out of it then? I, I just didn't have any outlets. You know, I didn't have comedy. I didn't build up. I, I had tried the corporate route, and that was like made me damn near suicidal. So like, as a corporate route, what do you mean? You worked in offices and stuff? Yeah, like I, was, uh, I sold mortgages. I was a loan officer. I was a licensed Stop. real estate agent. Okay, okay, I'm a customer. You, you call me up. Uh, hello? I was good at the script. Okay, hello? I forgot now. But with- Welcome to American Home Loans. This is Craig. And were you interested in lowering your monthly? Payment? No, not at all. Yeah, but it's been a. It's that's that was, <laughs> that's horrible. How I, did I you was say, good at? Right? That. You seem like you were good because I I would imagine the follow up is uh oh you don't want who well what are you talking about you don't want a lower mortgage rate like you would come kind of yeah I was good at getting them to send me their information and then closing the deal I was bad at uh. because I knew I was ripping them off and I didn't like it. <laughs> Because they may would make you charge like three points. I was like, how about one? And everybody's happy. Yeah. And they're like three. And I'm like, uh, one. You know what I mean? How long did you do that for? I didn't last that long. Eight months. I okay. made good money, though. But it was I was miserable. It was just very, it was boiler room. It was high stakes. They're like, call, call. You're like, I already called them three times. What do you want me to call them? Seven times? That's insane. Uh-huh. So there was no logic or rationality behind it because in hindsight i would have stuck it out a lot longer if they just would have been more chill about everything it's if they like, were fair and honest if you- it was fair and you don't need to harass people though nobody likes the guy calling seven times a day i will say this this is why my wife loves you so much you are one of the nicest people we have ever met and it's genuine because you know we live in la a lot a lot of people aren't genuine but you're one of those dudes man like you're just a genuine guy and i feel and this may not be related but i feel like after harvey weinstein and all these people started getting busted you know i feel like now is the time for good guys to win yeah hollywood and you're starting to see that happen it is happening, and, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, being genuine is good and bad, because, like, sometimes if I don't like somebody, I can't even hide it. I'm just, I look at them like, like who, you know, just like a train wreck. I'm like, go away, sir. Well, if if people just tuning in, Craig Conant is live inside the studio. Phenomenal stand-up comedian, worked at Trader Joe's for 11 years, just went to JFL that I want to talk about in a little bit. The dude is on fire. We're going to be uh, in New York City. 
uh, Nyack, Levity Live. Yes. Out there. So we'll be throwing down there uh, in a couple of days this Friday and Saturday and Thursday and Thursday. But I'm so like proud of you because, you know, I've only known you for like three years now, four years maybe. Yeah, three, four years. Three, four years. And I've seen you. I remember the first time. This is the first time I saw you perform. I'm being completely honest. You went up before me at the improv and it was the first time we met and I, there were a lot of your, you brought a lot of people. There were a lot of people there and fans, fans, fan. No, this is before <laughs> you had fans. This was like four years ago. You didn't have fans. Then. It was my family. No, it was, it was, it was like all the chicks you wanted to hook up with <laughs> that you put on the guest list. That's what it was. But you destroyed man. And I go, who is this guy? I went up and, did okay. And I was like, who is this dude? And then I started to learn about you. I started to see you everywhere. And then I met you and I go, why don't we go on the road? So you went on the road and this is when I knew Craig was a good guy. Craig is a dude that travels and everything he brings on the trip is from Trader Joe's. Like you got the smell goods, you got the candles, you got the, you even got stuff for the car. You got car freshener. Yeah. (laughs) He bought my wife a plant. I was like, this dude is good with me forever now. I buy everybody plants that I love. Did you ever give me? Oh, yeah, you did give me the I plant. Did. After a year and a half. I bought him a plant for his special that I missed because I had three shows that night. Yeah. I text you. And uh, there were club spots, too. If there were bar shows, I would have canceled. Anyways. Yeah, uh, but whatever. You missed my biggest night of the year. I, but it's fine. I shot my special Blazing on Amazon Prime. Watch it for free. But, you know, you just. I had to get work. You did. You did. You had to do your hustle, man. But I bought him a plant to give him on his special day. <laughs> and then I just kept it for about a year and a half, fell in love with it. And then I, I was like, I'm going to keep it. And I remember you kept saying, oh, I got to give you your plant. I got to give you your plant. And then about eight months into it, he says, no, nah, I'm going to keep the plant. Yeah, it's, mine. it's mine now. It's grown a lot. I, it is. When they grow, you fall in love with them because they start off little babies and they get this big. And then you're like, I did that. Yeah. I took care Why of it. Why do you like plants? It's so weird. I don't know. Like, it's so What's opposite wrong? of you. Why? I don't know. I don't see. Nurture like when, and take care of something. It's no, nice. I can see that side, but I don't, I don't know. I, I when I make, look at you, I don't think plants. Except I, I, I think a different type of plant that you don't do anymore. But yeah. 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 Um, my, my Nana used to had a green thumb and she had a million plants and we'd make fun of her and be like, what are you doing? Why all the plants? And now I'm Nana. I don't understand. You're an old it. lady now. I'm Have an you, old lady now. And, you, and here's the thing about Craig too. He loves the shop. Like oh you love to go God. to Ross. I love Ross, TJ Maxx, <laughs> Marshalls. I love a good deal. I can't help it. You are officially an old I'm an lady. Old lady now. You know what's interesting is when we travel and you go out with a lot of different comedians, Delia and I'm sure some others, me. But what's interesting about our circle, we are like old ladies when we go out on the road. We don't go out, party, no. drink. And you're sober. Yeah. You know, so it's not good to be around that stuff, but I don't drink anyway. So it's like, we're the perfect match. Delia doesn't drink. So you go out with him. Yeah. And and it's kind of like after the show and before the show, we just talk comedy and hang out. Yeah. And write and do silly Insta stories. It's just interesting how, like, I couldn't imagine going out and just throwing down, like, for the whole weekend. No, that's crazy to me. Even though that was such a big part of my life, it's like party. I'm like, no, I'm but did a, you? Were you ever a comic at that part of your life? No, uh, I mean the first year I dabbled in stand up, I was drinking and drugging and smoking and stuff, but I didn't really do stand up. You know, like it was just a hobby once in a while, 
And then when I got sober, I had to fill the void, and then it was all day, every day. So do you feel like you really have to fill voids? Because you have an addictive personality, obviously. Oh, yes, 100%. You must replace your habits with healthy habits. So if it's not stand-up, it could be girls. Girls, which can be good and bad. Uh, Dodgeball, plants. Gardening, whatever, whatever your thing is. You want to crochet, you want to climb a mountain, do, do you do So you, you get addicted to that. Like Craig will leave on Sundays, earliest flight out to make his dodgeball game, no matter where we are in the country. Yeah. We're leaving from New York at the 5.30 a.m. flight, like yeah. after we perform, so he can get back for dodgeball. I need dodgeball. It is my baby. I am sore, so sore from dodgeball yesterday. It is amazing. Where, for, where's the, have you, I mean... Do people get, like, I've never been to Dodgeball. I've seen the movie. Is it like the movie? It is not like the movie at all. <laughs> okay. But guys are throwing balls 75 miles per hour at your face, and it's... it's uh, Anybody it, ever get knocked out, you saw? Yeah. Like, knocked I mean, not out? Not a lot, but there's people have been knocked out, broken arms, fingers, noses, black eyes. Have you broken anything? Uh, yeah, my foot and my pinky. I mean, they've just been backwards. It heals. It's okay. Ugh. Like, I don't understand grown men like you and my sister's brother. I mean, my sister, my wife's brother um, just broke his arm uh, and messed up his knee playing baseball. Like you're 35 years old. You're not going pro. Stop playing it's sports, Craig. Fun. No, it's no fun. Get on the treadmill, walk, do a little Boring. boxing. I know. <laughs> but dude man you're old now don't you can't do young it's things anymore so fun i don't care i will okay i will play with a broken arm trying to catch and not throw so are you interested in getting in a relationship anytime like because you go on the road you meet a lot of girls you're very popular and you have a certain type like every time i see you you have a certain they look the same pretty women pretty women they're pretty women but um, they're but they're always short they're petite they have a certain haircut I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a girlfriend. I'm trying not to ha- have one because I just was hopping relationship to relationship to relationship. So I was like, why don't we just take a break for a moment? And but just fall, smash everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> your words, not mine. His middle um, name is Craig Smasher no, Conan. <laughs> no. I'm playing. I'm playing. Not really not. I uh yeah, I'd fall in love very easy. So I Is that a part of addictive personality? Probably too? for sure, yeah. Yeah, and then I hop in all in, and then later I'm like, uh-oh, yeah. this, this is trouble. You're, are you the psycho guy? Like, if you're in it, in it, like, you're like... Not anymore. I used to be. Really? What's, the, just, what's he, the most psycho thing you've done in a relationship? I kind of chased uh, an ex down with my car and <laughs> drove on. I tried to ram her off the road. <laughs> but she was with another guy. She showed up at my work with another guy three oh, days after breaking up. That's disrespectful right yeah. there. Yeah. So what'd you do? Wait till later in the night when she was walking down the street? No, uh, <laughs> this is a crazy story. So I had just gotten off work, Trader Joe's, and I was walking with two sacks of groceries I just purchased, got off work, walking to my car. As I'm walking to my car, I see my ex-girlfriend. This is fresh. I mean, two to three days fresh. Now, were you on drugs this time or off? Uh, on okay so i was more volatile and then uh i actually put my head down and ate it and there was an elevator over here and stairs right here so she went to the elevator with this guy and i went to the stairs i just wait put, when you said you ate it what does that mean i mean i just ate my emotions and okay. was the bigger person gotcha. and i and i and i ran to the stairway and i was like ignore it ignore it and then when i the 
parking structures, four floors. My elevator opens. I mean, uh, the elevator doors open on the third floor and I got off the stairs at the third floor and it's them laughing and giggling in the elevator. And I just literally like a movie. I was like, look, and they're like, and they go, Oh no. And hit like the close the door button. And then, um, I lost it and I ran up to the fourth story where they were parked and they ran to their car and shut the car and locked the doors. Well, were they cheat? But this is three days after. Yeah, you broke up with her. So I imagine she was cheating on me with this guy. Okay, and she thought. Oh, and I think I yeah, I think she was. Later, it was confirmed. So don't feel bad for her. But then, so I run up there to yell at them, cuss at them, whatever. And then, even then, nothing happened and escalated. And then I was like, just go to your car; it's over with. And then I'm leaving the parking structure, and they're right in front of me the whole time. I'm behind them, and then we're going down Santa Monica, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get off Santa Monica and I go to Willoughby, the little side street parallel to Santa Monica to get away from them because I'm driving behind them. And then who comes, turns down Santa Monica onto Willoughby and pops right back in front of me. And then I just lose it. I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) And then I drive on the wrong side of the road and try to like uh, ram them off a little bit. Did you hit their car? No, I came close. You just wanted to scare them. I wanted to scare them. And then, uh, and then I, I, uh, we, we're at a red light on Melrose. I chase them to Melrose Avenue. This is like 3, 4 p.m. on Melrose. And I get out of my car. Are you screaming at them? Yeah, and I always have a pocket knife, and I bust out my <laughs> knife to break the window. And then the guy's just like this in fear. And then I go, I look around, and everyone's honking at me. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, this is a bad look. <laughs> is that your lowest moment, you feel, like in a relationship ever? Yeah, for sure. But she, this girl, I mean, I hate to blame the girl and I absolutely was guilty too, but she was toxic. I mean, we, it was a toxic relationship. She was in and out of rehab. I was on my road to get sober. I was getting sober and she wasn't having it. It was just, it was just bad. It's crazy. We both were in bad places. Okay. So there was a time where you were on drugs and you got out of drugs and then you started stand up. What was that lowest point that made you switch gears and go, you know what? I gotta be sober. I can't. I can't go on like this. I'm 35 years old working at Trader Joe's. Um, well, there was many, 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 many rock bottoms, but uh, the arrest for the Fourth of July incident. That's where you threw the firecracker under the horse with a cop cops on, on it. it. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. And uh, Allegedly. I remember being in jail, and I was like, I'm, I'm 25. I have no money. I work at Trader Joe's. I have no Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad job. Trader yeah. Joe's is a good job. That's but you just felt so. like there's more. I just was. That wasn't for me. It's a good backup plan. You get benefits and all that retirement paid time off. But I was living at home with my mother, drug addict, no money, a dead end job uh, that and no creative outlet. And I was like, this is enough. Like and then uh, I ended up getting sober-esque where I was like, all right, no drugs just weed and alcohol but like to an addict that's a very wet and slippery slope and then so it took me some time to get out of that and then i got into second city the improv program yeah and then i started dabble and stand up and then uh and then one birthday i guess i might have tried to hook up with my cousin and then that was it you tried to hook up with your cousin i mean a little bit i don't know my sisters put a stop were you to it. so you were wasted yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen this cousin again? Yeah, of course. Where's Does she bring it up? No. Is she hot? No. Okay. 
So you're trying you to ask me these hold on, so questions. You're, so you're so you're you're <laughs> yeah. trying to make out with your cousin, and your family jumps in to stop it. No, I guess I don't even remember. I I get uh, that same night. Uh, she was like helping take care of me, and then oh, you were on a lot. So you were like I was on uh, Molly and 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 mushrooms and weed and alcohol and I'm. Yeah, just no, but I think I think I think it's uh I think it's good for people to know where you were and yeah. where you, where now you are, which is amazing. Like I, I'm just so proud of you, bro. Like thank you. You just did JFL. Yeah. Uh, if for people watching that don't know uh, what JFL is, it's called Just for Last. It's one of the biggest. It is the biggest comedy festival in the world, and you have to be invited there. And this every big comedian in the world is there, and you're there. First of all, you land in Montreal. Explain the feeling when you land. I was absolutely terrified because I wasn't sure if I was going to get in the country. That's right, because of your arrest. Yeah. And it was a decade ago, and uh, I didn't... So the joke, I say I threw them underneath the horses. The reality is I didn't even see them. I was wasted. I threw them over here, and then I look up, and they're over there, and I was like, oh, shit, this is trouble. So I never actually assaulted the horses. you never purposely i never the, maliciously yeah. purposely did it i was just a dumb drunk and uh, makes for a good story anyway so that's on my record now i'm at the border and they have questions and and everybody says oh they're strict and many people have not gotten in and a couple kids didn't get in the country they got in the festival but they didn't get in the country and i was like oh man so when i'm at the customs uh agent at the border I feel like I'm smuggling drugs in the country, but I am sober. No, I have nothing on me, but I'm just like, you know, I you're feel the like, drug yourself is the drug. Yeah. Like they, they're going to let you in or out. Yeah. By your performance. I feel in like the past. a mule. And I'm, <laughs> and then the, he was nice. And he goes, what are you here for? JFL. I was invited to perform. And he's like, do you have the papers? And they give me the papers to print out for the border. And I go, yeah. And he goes, who sent you this? And I said, Thomas Quirk. He said, okay, have fun. And I was like, uh, you know, I called. I was like, I'm in. I'm <laughs> in, know, I'm, I'm in. in. And then you get there, and uh, no one really can explain what JFL is. It, it is the the most vibrant comedy epicenter I've ever been to. It's like the comedy store on Tuesday night. I say that because that's the most vibrant night there. Because but everybody times for fifty. Yeah, but because Tuesday nights, because everybody's in town. In town, because comics leave on the weekend. Yeah. This is for people that don't watch. Comedy Rogan as well. goes out of town. Delia goes everybody out of town. Goes out. Sarah Silverman. We goes go out, out of town. town. We go out of town. That's right. We yeah. But on Tuesday, everybody's in town. So that lineup is just beast. You're Stacked. just like what? And uh, so it's like that times fifty. But for three weeks and 30 to 40 shows a night, I mean, everybody's there. Kevin Hart, Jimmy Carr, Donnell Rawlings, me. It's weird. And you were part of the new faces. Yeah, and you're celebrated. You're the belle of the ball. Really? I mean, that that is what was so surreal to me is like you tell Bobby Lee, I got new faces. He's like, oh, my God. Like, Like he's excited for you. Jimmy Carr's excited for you. Donnell's excited for you. Pete Holmes, you're like, I'm excited to be talking to you. Right? And they're happy about your triumph. I didn't know how hard it was to get the unrepped anyways. The, I mean, rep too, don't get me wrong, but you got uh, you got team. And you got a team pushing for you. Pushing for you on your side. Unrepped, 
they just they hear just heard it through the grapevine. Watch your footage. Good luck. And here's the thing: this goes back to Craig. You are hilarious, but you're also a good person. So a lot of people know you. You you're like I I, I you're kind of like Orlando Leba. Orlando Leba knows everyone, treats yeah. everybody great, and he's known as having a great name in the business. So do you. So I'm sure you met all these people from Just for Laughs, and they loved you. And I, it, what people forget, you can't be an asshole anymore. No. You got to be cool. No. You got to be nice to people because nice people are hooking up good people. You know, it's unless you're on that next level of comedian where you just F yeah. everybody. 99.9% of people aren't if on the Sebastian, not, Joe Coy, yes. Dane Cook level. You know, Chris D'Elia level. And they're level. nice. And they're nice. <laughs> and they're nice. <laughs> and they're nice. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be nice. And uh, it's it's just, stop being assholes, people. I mean, I'm happy people are being punished for being assholes. Now. I am too. Because so many times in the industry, you see awful people blow up and make it. And now it seems like all these people are getting put on check. Yeah. It's like, hey, no, we're not playing this anymore. And I love that, that, you know, talent, if you're talented, talent should win. But if you're talented, you also should be, should know how to treat people. And you're yeah, one of those absolutely. dudes. So you're there for new faces. When you land, you're there a week, right? You went there a week? Yeah. So when is the first time you have to perform? And how many times did you perform in that week? So they give you two unrep new faces showcases okay and then you can book others yourself and i got added to ari shafir's uh storytelling show uh by his manager sam schaefer she saw me at the new faces showcase she said you got to do the show and she's like you got stories and i was like oh boy (laughs) yeah you got (laughs) some stories which one you want lady uh no she was so sweet and they put me on that and that was awesome okay so your first show you land on sunday or Monday. I landed on Tuesday. My first show was Thursday. Okay, or so Friday. So that you, was a long time without performing. I yeah, didn't like it. So you're hanging out. You don't drink. You're sober. Everybody's probably wasted in drinking there. Party, having a good time, watching comedy. Yeah. Uh, so how was it waiting for your first show? And what were the nerves like before you got? I up? wanted a spot. They they said they used to set up. Oh, uh, spots and open mics prior to but they they were like no because it actually found in past years it messed people up because they have this beautiful set they've worked on for years and then they go do it at an open mic and open mics suck everybody they're awful so they didn't want to put anybody in their heads but i was lucky i had Chappelle lacy who's also sober oh he's so who's good. also a kind warm-hearted he's a great guy dude and i slept on his floor the first night because i flew in early and left the day late Cause I was like, I'll figure it out, and then I'll say, "Hey, Chappelle, let me sleep." Was Chappelle a new face too? Yes. Oh, that's yes. awesome. He was the rep part. So I went to his showcase. He killed Hannah Einbinder. Killed Punky. Killed. Uh, those are all my friends. Joe Prano. They all killed, and uh, it was nobody bombed. Thank God. I think like one or two persons bombed, and I didn't know them, so I'm all right. You're like, you're like, you're like, my team's winning. Yeah, home team. Yeah, home team. So Chappelle, I love him. I just saw him open up for Joe Coy. I mean, uh, for uh, Joe Rogan. Rogan yeah. For Rogan, I met Chappelle in Phoenix when With, he, we, I was. We there. were yeah. yeah. He was he was working at the hotel. He took in our bags. Yeah. That's what, and now he's opening yeah. up for Rogan, and he's on new faces. This is what I love about comedy. Like I tell everybody all the time, in this industry of Hollywood. The only, like, you can go to castings, you can go to, everybody's always telling you no. 
You go to get, no, you're not right. No, you don't have the right look. No, that stage. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of politics to get on certain stages. But once you're on, that stage does not give a shit who you are. You still got to be funny. You got to be. I don't care if you're a celebrity. Yeah. I don't care if you're not a celebrity. I don't care if you go after Dave Chappelle, uh, Joe Coy, Chris D'Elia, Danka, whoever. I don't care. If you're funny, that stage does not care. Nope. It doesn't care at all. And it's. To me, it's the great equalizer. Man. It is. That's what I love about this. It's the I love it so much because it's the only place where it's all about the work you put in. It a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of politics to get on certain stages, but once you're on that stage, it's about you. It's about your performance. And it just I get so excited just talking about it because. I've been, I've gone after huge people and done really well because I was prepared and I take on challenges and I just love the stage, man. I can't, I remember first time getting off stage and I'm gonna ask you this too. I remember the first time getting off stage. It was Miami improv and it was my first, and I called my mom. I go, this is what I was born to do. What was it like? Like your first time coming I on stage ever. I had a stomach ache because of adrenaline, and I never experienced anything like that. I was like, it wasn't food, it wasn't farts, it wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was adrenaline. Because I, I, I was like, and then as soon as I calmed down, and I was like, whoa, I was like, that was awesome. It's a, it's a. I have never done drugs, but I would imagine it's a better high. Than it is a better you high. Take. It is a better high. It is a more sustainable high where you don't die and lose your family, too. That's a true statement, sir. That's a true <laughs> statement. So what was it like the first time you went on stage? Like, did you bomb? Did you do okay? I freaking killed, man. I did. I got a couple of plod breaks. And uh, and you always knew, though, so that does help. Yeah. But I was good. It was good. I forgot my jokes. I had to pull out my notes. <laughs> so you were addicted ever since. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to JFL. JFL, you got to wait two or three days to go up. You're there at your first show. Is it an auditorium or a small venue for the first one? Oh, 800-seat theater, baby. Sold out. Sold oh, out. Beautiful. I just saw, because I went to the two uh, rep showcases that my buddies were on. So I went, and, I, and I'm glad I did. I got a taste of it, and then I... Ha- I had more of an idea. I tweaked my set a little bit. I just had a different opener. Okay. They have you trim it down, and we all have all these tricks. How long do you have on stage? You have six minutes. Six minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's the same for repped as well, Mm -hmm. new faces. Everybody gets six. And where in the lineup did you go? I went seventh, which was a decent spot. How many were there on it? Ten. Okay, so you're towards the end. Yeah. You want to be like four. I mean, if you crush, you crush, but four or five is a sweet spot. Four or five is a sweet spot. Okay. Absolutely. So how, and I don't know who the person is, but who, how'd the person before you do? Did it put a lot of pressure on you? Did you feel a lot of pressure? I wasn't even listening. Okay. Because I was so in my head. I said, I was like, I do this all day, every day. As you know, I'm just like Mike Junkie. I need to perform. Yeah. I'm going to Manhattan Beach tonight for seven minutes. That's a 45-minute drive for seven minutes. Hour and a half total. Yeah, zero dollars. Anyways, so I was like, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not nervous. I'm not. And I truly wasn't. And then the second that show started, I was like, oh, my God. But isn't that kind of cool, too, though, that you got so excited for something? Like, you hardly ever get that feeling the older you get. My heart was in my throat. And then I was I thought I was going to be able to watch all my friends that I met and bonded with. And they're all awesome. I love them all. And then I was like, nope, I'm staying in the green room. I was so you stayed water. in the, So you oh, stayed. I watched zero person. I watched Sean Grant because he was last and I had already went up. 
But even the two after me, I was coming down. I started crying. Pete Holmes gave me a compliment. And when he gave me the compliment, it was immediately off stage. So he just, and he's tall and I'm looking up. And he's like, man, he's like, every joke he had is an opener. And I understood what he was trying to say. He's saying every joke is strong enough to be an opener. And then I was just looking at him like a, like a. You're Pete Holmes, man. You're Pete Holmes. You're complimenting me, complimenting me. And also, I'm just, this is very emotional for me. And because, you know, you work hard, you do open mics. I was a drug addict living at home with my mother and at a job I hated. And now I'm a comedian and I just did the biggest festival in the world and I crushed. And I hate saying that, but I did. I had a a good set. And then he's complimenting me. And then uh, he thought I didn't understand him. So then I go, I walk off behind the curtains. I cry for a couple minutes. I come back and I recoup. And then I meet him in the green room because this is side stage, you know. And then he's like, no, man, I was complimenting you. I was like, no, I understood you. I was just a big emotional thing that just happened for me. And I was about to cry and I didn't. You didn't want to cry in front I didn't of Pete. Want to cry. You, want to go, yeah. <laughs> you want to go, all right, so you crushed the show. Yeah, I did very well. You crushed. Now, when was your second show? The next night. And that was a much smaller intimate show of like maybe 50, 60 people. Did you crush again? That was okay to good. It's okay, good. That whole show was okay to good. It was just also we had just done a sold out eight hundred seater, yeah. and then you're in, the, and it was just hot. It was Montreal in summer, and we we're the little the big theater was air conditioned. The little theater was upstairs, and it wasn't bad. It just I mean it just it, compared to the night before, it was the most perfect magical night ever. And then you're just like in this little attic theater. Yeah. So uh, first show it was good destroyed. Second show solid. We'll call yeah. it solid. Uh, you get a call from Ari Shafir's manager or yeah. the, what's her name again? I believe Sam Schaefer. I could Sam be, Schaefer. I met a lot of and people. She, I could and be she wrong. goes, hey, be on Ari's show. Tell some stories, right? She said that immediately after the first show. The case. first show. She, she flagged okay. me down and said, here's my card. Uh, what's your info? I want you on his show. So is that the next night or is that the same night as the smaller show? That was the same night as the smaller show. Okay. So you go, how big is that one? That was awesome. That was uh, I would compare it to like the original room, maybe like 200. Okay. It was at a strip club, but they shut down, <laughs> they great. shut down the strip That's club great. for shows. Cause there's that, the, the, JFL is so amazing that they need so many venues there's that they shut strip down clubs. strip clubs. Strip, strippers must be pissed off yeah. at JFL. Yeah. <laughs> They're losing money. So, so you did that show. How'd you do at that one? I did very, very well. Okay. It was awesome. So the whole purpose, a lot of people go to JFL is to get management or to get seen because JFL used to people get TV deals out of JFL. So when did you know, did you start feeling in it after your first? Uh, time you perform like the second show, people start coming up to you, going like people enter like management, different it people. It's weird how many people. I'm not used to that. I've always wanted management. Now I got people handing me their cards, literally going, "Hey, hey," and it was you just feel like uh, blessed. Yeah, it's really cool. I got a little stack of business cards about this thick, and so now are you at a point where you're going to get management? Yeah, I have them. I met with them right before here. Really? So yeah. now you're managed? Yeah. And what what do you want to accomplish by the end of the year? Because I know they ask you, what do you want to accomplish? But your personal goal, what do you want to accomplish by the end of this year? Already done. Headline. I got six dates. Where? Uh, Alberta, Canada, uh, Detroit, Michigan, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Minnesota, and uh, Milwaukee. When are you doing that? 
uh, starting January. Uh, my yeah. dude, my yeah. dude, yes. I did. I was gonna do this, but I was. Yeah, but your hit. mic is there, dude. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, bro. Thank you. That's amazing, man. Yeah, finally, headlining weekends. That's, that's so. Just not remember, finally. I don't know why I said finally in the perfect time. Perfect time, man. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great, bro. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, buy my mama a Camry for all that shit she had to go through. <laughs> yeah. How, what's your mom think about all this? She uh, wants me to get a day job. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she wants you to quit and get a day job. They now finally understand. I don't really like to talk about it with them because they just have no clue. And then I'm trying to explain an entire business and industry that I don't even fully understand. And then usually I just feel bad about it. And it's like, just go to my show. What what comics uh, inspire you or like are cool to you that you learn a lot from? Dalia, of course. He's my mentor, uh, one of my best friends. Just kind of like an older brother, really. He takes care of you. And uh, you, Bobby Lee, helps me. Eddie Ift, he's been very yeah. kind to me. That's how I met Ernie over there. Oh, yeah. Ernesto yeah. the engineer. Uh, yeah, lots of people. I feel like I'm forgetting how, how do you names. how do you how do you because you're in the clubs like me I'll go to the comedy store perform I'm not passive but I'll go sometimes they have shows I can jump on I go to improv I go to laugh factory um, how do you navigate because it's very dark like a lot of people love to talk crap about each other get especially in, get out but you have to hang out because you know sometimes you want to be no, like here's the thing there's so much opportunity that can happen when you hang out. You can meet the right person. Then you could be on tour with them. You know, so how do you navigate staying away from all the crap talking? Because a lot of people are talking crap behind people's backs in these places. Okay, as well. so you're absolutely right. If you're at my level or below or even maybe a little above, hanging out is good because out of sight is out of mind. And I'll give you a perfect example I've said before, but I'll say it again. I was I hung out at the comedy store for years because I didn't know what else to do. I just know that's the epicenter. And they're comic friendly. I was standing on the patio one night and Bobby Lee goes, you're opening for me. Bobby Lee at that time, this was three or four years ago. He didn't know me, but he had, he had seen my face 300 times. So he knows I'm a comic. He knows I'm funny. He also who you're affiliated with. He saw who I was running with. He saw I opened for Delia. So he's like, okay, he's stamped by somebody, but that he didn't know me yet. He never took me, taken me to dinner yet, and uh, he didn't wine you and dine you. Is wine, that what he, you're saying? He, uh, <laughs> do no, he all, do yeah, most comics take Bobby you to dinner? Bobby is known for taking all uh, up and comers out to dinner. And he's like, "Come on, let's go," and he just takes you out to a fancy dinner. Wait, when you're opening up for him, or no, just prior? You just oh, that's he, great. Just pick guys at the store, be like, "You, you come on, let's go get food." So, uh, uh, and that disc came through hanging out. Now, it can be a negative place where a lot of people talk shit and me because they see you coming up now too yeah and the haters they hate the haters hate so you're starting to feel that now a little bit yeah but the lovers love so you just got i just pick who you roll with i go oh i i like this guy makes me feel good i just hang out with him you know i go stand by matt lockwood at the door for two hours because i don't know how to talk to sebastian yeah (laughs) let, let me tell you um Bill Burr, we did a show, a South Beach Comedy Festival. He was working on his new hour, I would say, five, six years ago. And I want to be friends with Bill Burr so bad. Like, for some reason, I have this, 
imagination that we would be good friends. But then I started thinking, like I'm thinking about our relationship as friends and I'm going, well, I'm not a dude, dude. Like I don't drink. So we wouldn't like, we can't go to a bar. Like in my head, I've already thought about like us being friends. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And so I'm walking by his dressing room because I was in the smaller theater. He sold out like 4,000 seats. So we, but we shared the same backstage. So I get off a stage and he's, kind of in his head going over his new material, he sees me and he goes, hey, you're the, you're, you're the TV guy, yo. And I go, yeah. And I didn't know what to say. And I go, uh, hi. <laughs> he looks at me and goes, all right. And walks back in his dressing room and closes the door. And I was like, that was my shot. Nah. That was my shot to be friends with Bill Burr. And it's gone. He was running his hour. Oh, I know, I know. But then well, the funny thing is after the show, his show, I still have my dressing room back there and I walked by and all these like dolphin because he's a big sports fans like they had all these famous people in his dressing room and I go oh man and it's like a big party going on and I'm just walking by like with Sarah McLaughlin going on yeah like I was like I could have been in there but I screwed it all up let me in what was your most embarrassing moment with like have you had that embarrassing moment with even Sebastian to me like I've interviewed everybody but he has this, like, when he's into comedy stories, he's probably the nicest guy, but he has this, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's just hard to talk to certain people. I just am intimidated, not because of anything he does. It's yeah. just, like, you're, you're Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. You know, I'm going to leave you alone. And I always hate the, 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 the pushy comics that are like, why are you trying to be friends with him? He's in another stratosphere. Just wait. It'll come organically. Absolutely. He'll see you one day. And if he likes you, he likes you. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And that's that's how it is. You know what I? What's amazing to me? I'll see celebrities go to a comedy store, and they want to meet Joe Rogan. One of them, big celebrity, was one of my friends, and Joe Rogan was literally probably ten feet away. I go, go say hi. I mean, everybody. When I say everybody knows who this guy is, everybody knows who this guy. He's like, no, 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 man. That's yeah. that's Joe Rogan. Like that's Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like so many people are are so intimidated, and I get it. You shouldn't just go up to Joe Rogan. You know, you got to know him, but it's funny to see like how people react to other people, you know, especially if you don't know him at all. Yeah. But this dude is a celebrity. Like Joe would look at him and go, oh man. And he's a very likable person. Yeah. So he doesn't, he's not like a slime ball or anything. And he, you know, he's just a good dude. So Joe would probably be like, oh man, what's up? And the guy would have just said, he was a huge Joe Rogan fan. That's like, so funny. It and it's like Brad Pitt, like, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you've seen it, man, where these big comics come in and then it's like this circle where nobody walks into yeah. where they're around but and i want to actually not that anybody has this rap but like maybe a big name like that might have a guard and come off not like a dick but you know what i mean but it's all it's not they're not dicks. they're not they're the it's nicest protective people. layer because they're it's getting the re- bombarded by hundreds and hundreds you know? and it's the respect we give them yeah in the store so it's kind of like they're there to work you know, and let them do their thing. And if, like you said, if it happens organically, yeah. happens organically. And when you say sometimes you got to hang out to be seen because out of sight is out of mind. That's how I got on Joe Rogan's podcast. Literally, I haven't been to the comedy store in like two months. I go, I go, I tell my wife, I should pop in. I'm standing on the wall. Joe walks by and goes, Michael, yo, you're going to be on my podcast. It was just yeah. like in two weeks later, I'm on this podcast. Bam, that's it. And, but that's the magic of the comedy yeah. store, too. Like, every major... Hang out. Joe yeah. Rogan hangs out, and he's Joe Rogan. Right. I also love hanging out uh, when, sometimes. But, you know, there's... Of course, it can be a negative anything, to anything. Some people hang out too long, and they party, and they're negative. But So that's bad. But, you know, go check in. It's like the office. Is You just go check in. 
say hi to your buddies and, you know, network a little bit if you can. And also just talk shit and have fun saying, hey, fart face or whatever, you know. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just a community. But there is a, a it is stand up. So there is a dark uh, entity. I mean, were you ever at a point where you hated on people too? That started with you and you're like, ah, oh, man. A little bit. I had to check it real quick. And it it was never hate. Uh, it was more like I would feel bad about myself. Like, why don't I have these things? Uh, more like self-hate. I rare, I don't think I really hate. I hate like two guys and they earned it. They oh, earned yeah. It. Oh, boy. Yeah. It takes a lot. It's like, and it's usually... The only reason I hate them is because they're so negative and so toxic that I'm like, go bye, like you're gone. Uh, so yeah, I I've been taught that by many, many, many of persons. Head down, focus on your yeah, work, your, it's your comedy. Work. I remember when I was trying to shoot my special, and I was supposed to shoot it two years before I shot it. Now I'm glad the way it worked out, but I was supposed to shoot it two years before, and I saw all these comedians that I felt. And this is the selfish. I felt like, dude, nobody like at least I have a name. You know, why am I not getting these opportunities? They're getting my agent. And this is why I love him. He looks at me and goes, you don't know their deal. You don't know their battles. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know if they know somebody at one of these places. If they built a relationship with someone, you do not know what they went through or their struggle. He goes, and you need to worry about your own path. Don't worry about theirs. It's going to happen when it's going to happen. And when it happens, it's going to be the right time. And I know when an agent goes, it's going to happen when it happens. And But we're working to make it happen. That's kind of vague. And you're like, whatever. But it's so true. It's so true, dude. It's, it's so, so true. true. Like, look at you now. From being basically hitting the low point of your life, being addicted to drugs, going to jail, being in jail, going, no, I got to change my life. Going to stand up. You went to stand up first and then stopped for like two years, right? I For like three years. Three yeah. years. Yeah. And then you went back. Yeah. And now I was scared. And now just went to JFL. And now you have management. Now you're doing your own headlining tour next year. Yeah, it's really surreal. It's unreal. I uh when I have moments of true bliss and happiness where I'm like this uh, is cuz I'm thinking about that of where I started and where I am now. And it's unreal. And uh I forgot I wanted to say one thing. Yeah. Uh, without I, the button is uh, comedians, we're all on the same team, so be happy for one another. Because when he gets something, he takes me. When I get something, I take him. And that's what we do. We scratch each other's backs. I feel like so many people feel like, like if a black and Asian dude got something, like you're like, oh, they took my spot. Or if somebody gets something that, that's yeah. in your realm or look, oh, they, they took my spot. For instance, if they, if a black and Asian dude was up for a gig and I was up for a gig and he got it, I'm like, oh, he took all the black and Asian jobs. No. If he does well in that big job, he creates he has, more. He creates more. And yes. that's the whole thing. We all need to get to that point where we need to encourage each other because we all create more. If there, if you make, if you say you got a TV pilot, it blows up. Now it's a big series with your look. The look you have. Guess what? They're going to be trying to find five more dudes that look like you <laughs> to do their yeah. own TV shows. It's more more work, baby. It's not a competition. It's not. And we all can help each other. So stop with this hate. Hate. If you don't like his shit, unfollow him. Hello. You don't have to publicly go. 
Oh yeah, like on, on delete. Someone's like, I've, I'm officially unfollowing. It's like, shut up. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Do you think he's cares for this one point? <laughs> Eight million followers, whatever the hell and it's up to now. regardless if it was only three, who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> like, I love when people go out of their way to say negative things on your yeah. on your socials. It's like, why? Why are you even wasting your time with that? Why do you subscribe to my <laughs> YouTube then? You subscribe to hate on yeah, me. Yeah, you are pathetic. It's unbelievable. It's Go crochet or play dodgeball. Get out of here with this. De- Debbie Duty. You have your own podcast pimped out. Yes, quick. community service podcast with Craig Conan. I will have you on whenever you want. To I want to go on. When when do you tape it? Uh, usually Tuesdays. Tuesdays, like noon or one. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. You let me know when I can be on. I want to. Okay. Yeah, I want to get the word out about this podcast. So basically, we're going to be dropping this drops on iTunes and all streaming platforms. Then the video is on YouTube. So make sure you go to my YouTube page and subscribe to that. Uh, just type in Michael Yo, and you have a YouTube page yes. as well. Craig Conant, baby. Everything's Craig Conant. Mm-hmm. Socials, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Uh, Craig P. Conant on Instagram because somebody took Craig Conant. What? And they have zero followers, zero posts. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? You know what you could do is you can call Instagram. Or send them help desk. I did several times, and they then they were like, "They're like, you, you're not. Are you verified yet? No. Oh, that's why they don't care about you. You know, if you had that little blue check like me, Craig, <laughs> you know, we could be doing some things over that's here. That's My next goal. Okay. All right. I would love uh, the blue check. The blue check. Uh, SNL. I want to be on SNL. What are you doing to uh, get to that goal? Auditioning. Okay. Yeah. Are you writing auditioning? Yeah, both. And, uh, I got, I got called to do SNL like five years ago and I see, I'm sounding like a one upper right now and I hate people like this, No, but, but I'm telling not. you my experience. So it could, I'd never went because I felt like they wanted characters. I, I can just do my dad and my mom. That's, 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 <laughs> that's enough. It. I can do my, Oh, okay. And then I go, I'll tell you what to do. Like, that's the only two things I can do. So are you and more sitcom like the weird neighbor? I want a guest star or co-star. What's yeah, that? absolutely. Yeah. Just like the. What are you writing characters? Do you have characters? You just stand up, baby. I am the character. You are the character. (laughs) I love it. I love, but I love how it doesn't matter if you're young or even older. Like Leslie Jones, I think she was, oh, yeah. After 50 years old, like she got on SNL. Like that's what I love about the brilliance of that show. It's just if you're, it's the stage, man. If you're funny, you're You're funny. funny. It's in, it's the only place in the world, in the world where these senses are going all at one time. You know, you can hear things. You can, you're saying you're set. You're thinking about something different. You're hearing conversation. You're noticing something over there. It's almost like you have spidey senses. It's yeah. the only you're time. You're editing something. You're like, oh, this joke didn't work so well, so I'm going to cut this joke and insert this joke while you're delivering a joke. That is not those jokes. That's insane. Hearing people talk. Like, what do you want for, what do you yeah. want with your fries? You know, like, you can hear people's conversation. Gauging on what you should do with it. Oh, is that a heckler? Is that a rude asshole? No. Oh, they're taking an order. Leave them alone. Do I address it? Give it up for your weights? You know what I mean? Yeah. All while telling jokes. It's amazing. And achieving laughter. It's such a high, dude. It's crazy. All right, Craig. So follow Craig at Craig Conant. C-O-N-A-N-T. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you. Anything else you, you want to pet? I just, just... That's it. All right. Subscribe to my YouTube. <laughs> subscribe uh, to the podcast and like anything I'm on. So there you go. Craig, yeah. thank you for stopping by, bro. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs>